Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Wow, buddy! You look healthy and happy. Veterinary surgeon and natural pet food pioneer John Burns knows the positive impact a natural diet has on our beloved pets. That's why he developed Burns Pet Nutrition. Hmm. Maybe I should try some of your pet food myself. Okay, okay. I'll start with a salad. For natural, no nasty, wholesome recipes, choose Burns Pet Nutrition. Available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The kind of capitalist American dream it's that story, that idea of crime and left on a form of human endeavour. It's like someone just, you know, you know, achieving what they want in the world, taking what's in front of them and kind of shaping the world to be like them, but done in a way that society wouldn't kind of allow. You're getting to see people like circumvent the law and like bend the world to their whim, which is obviously a nice feeling that no one, most, most of us will ever experience. <laughs> Welcome to the Dingle Whiskey Movie Club, a crime world special where we'll be discussing our favourite gangster films with special guests. Each week for the next five, we'll choose two movies from our top ten to review, to rate and to remember. But we want your thoughts too. So go on to our social media sites on Facebook, Twitter or on Instagram to vote for your favourites and be in with a chance to win tickets to a special live show and party. This week I'm chatting with comedian Peter McGann and the Sunday World's Niall Donald about Casino and the epic City of God. This is the Dingle Whiskey Movie Club, only on Crime World. They're two really blokey films, right? Now, <laughs> Niall, yours is a lot worse a than lot Peter's. Worse, okay. So I'm going to start with Peter's. Casino. Okay. Yes, Casino. So why do you like it or what sort of has drawn you to it? Of course, 1995 movie um, by Martin Scorsese and kind of based around starring Robert De Niro, Sharon Stone is in it, but it's based around the whole idea of Vegas being run by the mob. And of course, it was the desert sort of uh, you know, place where they, they washed their money. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, a kind of a golden age for the mob in, in Vegas. And I think that's when this this movie is set. Yeah, I think what it is for me is, well, I, I love Scorsese, anyway, but the, I'm a, I was a real nerd for that history, the crime history, organized, American organized crime. Yeah. I did my leave insert history project on how the, the basically the when organized crime in America became like corporate, Probably yeah. so like I was, so that and that obviously Vegas is a huge part of that. So I think that was part of it. And then just just the story, it's such a big epic story and it's funny and it's 
incredibly violent. And when I saw it when I was like a teenager, so that's when you want to be seeing those things. It blew you away. Yeah. Um, they have a mob museum in Vegas. Do they? Yeah. I, I absolutely. I actually interviewed the guy who runs it, but I haven't been to it. I've been to Vegas and I absolutely love Vegas. Of course, the mob aren't there in their troves anymore, but this mob museum traces the whole story of it and you can go in and there's lectures and everything. It's really cool. Like, So, yeah, I, yeah. I, we keep mentioning it in the hopes that somebody it's just sponsor. <laughs> yeah. There's an idea yeah. to get onto advertising in relation to that. So tell me the story about it. Well, it's about Sam Rothstein, who's based on Frank Rosenthal. So he's like this Jewish kind of gambler fixer. He just he was like a he knew the world of gambling inside and out, and he was involved with the mob. So when they were more, getting their hooks more and more into Vegas, they sent him out there as their kind of man because he was to- he was clean mm-hmm. in relation. He wasn't he wasn't an Italian. He wasn't part of the mafia technically, but they you know they could kind of use him as their kind of puppet, I suppose. And he knew the inner workings of everything. And it's basically like one of those stories. It's like you know you get handed paradise and you mess it up for everyone because you because you're only human. So his, his mate from back home, who is a mobster. Uh, ends up coming out. He's played by Joe Pesci, and he's the opposite of Sam. Where he's like all impulse. He's not thinking of any kind of long game. He's just there. He wants to, you know, get what he's owed then and there. Everyone has, you know, no matter what. Mm, but he's what not a relationship burns exactly, and then he uh, inevitably just kind of brings it all crashing down for him, uh, which is it. Kind of feels like Goodfellas if Goodfellas was in the Bible or something. It's right. like so heightened. and It did get criticised, isn't it, for being yeah. too like Goodfellas or is it like, because Joe Pesci, Pesci, of course, is sort of a oh, similar character, like, you know? For sure. Yeah, yeah, I can see why, but I controversially almost prefer to Goodfellas and I think Goodfellas is, you can't touch it like it's a masterpiece, but it's like, it's just them getting, doing Goodfellas, but doing it on the scale of like, like a big, massive, like, Roman epic or something. It's like whereas Goodfellas is a street, streetwise kind of street level kind of thing. This is like these like uh, kind of. It's like it is like kind of pharaohs and stuff like that. But they're all mobsters. And what about Sharon Stone? You know, she plays. Well, she is the the actress who plays his wife, and mm-hmm. he marries this kind of ex hustler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's an incredible character in it and memorable. Didn't she win a, a globe or something for that? She I think? won something. I don't know exactly, but she is like. I'll find out what incredible in it yeah and it's like it's the you're kind of presented with this character who's just pure survival and she's just in it for herself but but it gives you enough information to see why she would be in it for herself but it's it is again it's again it's that thing of like if you could just get out of your own way you'd be grand but you just have to keep kind of it's like yeah you have to this guy you're married to this rich guy but you're still going to be stealing from him and yeah, squirrel yeah. away money and run away with ex-pimps and stuff that you can't it's all that kind of like you're handed this great thing and you just you're, you can't control yourself or whatever but she's fantastic in it and yeah. like as good as she's ever been I'd say in that film like obviously that was the peak of her kind of success at the time like mid 90s or whatever but I thought she was unreal in it How many times have you watched it do you think? I've watched Casino an unholy amount of times I'd say you know outside of films we watch when you're a kid you know, you see, watch them over and over again. Casino's the one I've seen the most. I'd say that I've seen it kind of like way too many times. I'd say. Yeah. And was movies always a huge interest for you? It was, yeah, yeah. I mean, from when I was like a young, young teenager, maybe a bit before I started getting into films and film history and stuff, and it was mm. kind of 
became a bit of a bit of an obsession. I went on to do it in college and all the rest of it. So, but casino was it's all it's the it was one of the one the first ones where you're kinda I kinda felt like I was getting a full meal because that's the good that and Goodfellas stuff, that's the good thing about them is they're 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 proper films, they're pro- made with artistry not, but they're also grey crack. Like you're getting lads getting their heads put in vices and thrown out of cars and ice picks uh, in the back That is head. an amazing ability to make us laugh while in the middle of all that violence and that, I mean, I think that's a lot of these kind of really epic gangster movies do both that thing. Mm-hmm. They make you kind of turn in horror, but also they make you roar with laughter. Oh, it's... it's, a, it's Unlike Niles, which we'll come to <laughs> shortly. No, I think I'm going to talk about the darkest <laughs> movie he could ever make me watch. I'm going to have nightmares Very for a stylish, long time. though. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Looks beautiful anyway. Yeah. That can't be. We'll move denied. to it for a minute then. But I'll tell you what I liked City about Casino was, was uh, Sharon Stone's relationship with Robert De Niro. Like, that's yeah. really brilliant the way that that he's such a tough guy, but she's under his skin. Oh, it's so, it, yeah. It's, and it's that thing of like, he wants the character, the, like, the, what's, the, the, again, why I keep thinking of it in terms of like, really like, biblical or like tragedy, ancient tragedy terms, like, what's the character's fatal flaws? Like, he's got this immense gift which is this the skill of you know kind of been able to oversee this big gambling empire and know the world and he's obsessive about it, but his kind of his need to control it's what makes him great and also his downfall because he can't control her and he keeps wanting it. it's like if he just let her go and focused on what's important or find someone more amenable then he'd be grand but he can't it's like he needs to kind of he he needs to control her like he can control every and that ends up again it's you know the the thing that brings. Brings it all crashing down. So and it's it's so well done. It's the woman that's the problem. Obviously. So this is it's where this is going to come. This is going to come to our conversation. No, 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 no. I mean, there's two to tango. There's literally a song in the film, two to tango, when they're having the her and Joe Pesci are having the affair. Either. She's yeah. not perfect. Exactly. Yeah. So women are downfall. Yeah. Yeah. So what makes these movies great? Do you think Casino, Goodfellas, and let's stick with Casino because it's the one that that you have sort of brought to the table to us, but what makes it great? I think and a million things. I think the, like, the level of detail that's in it is insane. The lack of judgment on it, it's not like, like I was thinking about it there the other day, like the, they're not, it, it's not treating it like, like Robert De Niro isn't a gangster in the film. Ace Rossi's not a gangster in the film, but he associates with gangsters. And then another film, the easy thing would be like, Oh, showing how you know he tries not to be a gangster, but then he gets pulled in anyway. He gets, but in this, it's like it's just taken for granted. He just knows these people, associates with these people, and it's not, it's not necessarily like it's not. It, that's not treated as some great big spiritual downfall. So the lack of judgment on the criminal, criminal side of it, it's more like the really kind of human nature side of it, where that's the kind of. So do you mean in. that then that it's tapped right into the reality of that world? I think so. Yeah. And like, so it's not. It's not like sometimes an outsider will take a, a subject matter and they'll make a complete bollocks of it in a documentary or whatever, or approaching it because they don't understand the world or something. Exactly. Yeah. Or treating getting out of the life as the happy ending or something mm. like that, or something like kind of very in story terms. You know, that's the obvious way to go, and you see why it works, or whatever. But if you're trying to tell the story where it's like, no, this is how it is for these people. This is the kind of reality of it, and. That's that wouldn't be a happy ending. It's like at the end of Goodfellas, where Henry goes, gets out of the mob, lives in the sticks, and under an assumed identity, and no one can find him. And it's, it's but it's not treated as a happy ending because it wouldn't be for him. I think that's where those films, it knows what these people want and doesn't try and soft shoe them or kind of like you know kind of soften their edges or anything. It just treats them 
takes them as they are, I suppose. Do you have a tendency when you're watching movies, when you're working in the entertainment business, show in shows, comedy, writing, do you have a sense of picking apart things from movies all the time and you're watching them, how much this cost, how they did that, how they filmed this scene? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, and especially like a casino, he's going, he's obviously working on this massive big canvas on like massive sets and massive like locations and the costumes are incredible and the act, the biggest act, biggest names, mm-hmm. you know, you could think of at movies at that time and the music is incredible, but like the way the performances are, they're always these very hyper real, improvised feeling S- scenes between, especially between like De Niro and Sharon Stone, say towards the end where they're all out of their mind and paranoid and uh, I think that's the kind of thing where you're like, how did they do this? Because they've got, like, they could have loads of extras in the background. They could have lots of moving parts. They could have, and they just have these people acting as though it's like, you're, they're just, there's just mm. the two people in the room. And I, that, which other films just can't touch, like, in terms of, like, performance levels, I don't think. But they always get those, the, these gangster movies always get the big names, don't they? Mm-hmm. It's cool. You'd want to play one. You'd want to play Probably one. would, yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean... Better than playing know, an accountant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, offense. no offense to accountants. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No one's queuing up to see. No. <laughs> You're not doing a podcast on accountant movies anytime soon. No. Right, yeah. yeah. And maybe it gives you that, that moment of uh, time when you can just sort of step into those shoes but walk out of them without having the devastating consequences that most do exactly. from entering criminality. So you get a little sense of it exactly and it's like it's kind of like again it's not that main draw because the main draw is something that I was drawn to before I you could pick up on things like this but the whole thing of like the kind of capitalist American dream it's that story done but it's just obviously that idea of crime and left hand form of human endeavor it's like someone just you know you know achieving what they want in the world taking what's mm-hmm. in front of them and kind of shaping the world to be like them but done in a way that society wouldn't kind of allow. And that's kind of obviously, like Scarface is the obvious one there in The Godfather. You see these, like you're getting to see people, you know, circumvent the law and like bend the world to their whim, which is obviously a nice feeling that no one, most most of us will never experience. (laughs) Emma said to me that she finds uh, crime sort of genre and watching uh, various crime movies and stuff uh, Entertaining and relaxing because she doesn't. <laughs> do you feel slightly similar? Because she said, like, you know, she can't relax watching comedy. Yeah. Because you're constantly sort yeah. of, I suppose, going, oh. Yeah. I, I get that. I, I know what she means, actually, about the, the comedy things, Ernie. Yeah, the crime stuff, it's like, it is relaxing. And also, because there's a genre to it. Yeah. So you're like, there's like certain, for the most part, you're going to see, get certain things. You're going to get, a, you know, a certain amount of violence, you're going to get a certain amount of like, you know, a twist here and there, a betrayal or, you, there's there's beats that, there's a, like a load of beats that most films will hit, you know, a handful of those beats mm-hmm. and satisfy and there is a comfort in that for sure. So, yeah, like if I definitely want, if I want to relax, I'll stick on, like, yeah, definitely, any number of crime films. More um, what's your take on serial killers? There, I'm I don't, well, sorry, I do get the fascination with them. I don't I, really have You were going to say that, they're boring. Aren't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like... That's the difference between the male mind and the female mind. Mm. That is it. That is exactly serial how... Serial killers, that's the one. <laughs> women love serial killers. Women love serial killers. They find them fascinating. Men just think they're boring. And, yeah. Do you know why I, I'm, this is, I'm pulling this out of my... Uh, arse, 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 right arse. now. <laughs> that you're saying this. 
I wonder is it this is very reductive so maybe it'll get me cancelled <laughs> but Go on. it's uh, do you think women because it's most serial killers mostly men do you think they're looking at that and been like it's like that kind of challenge of a man it's like or his man will look of like I can change him possibly and then a man will look at it and be like ah there's no there's no he's, a that's, man look at him and go he's a dickhead yeah a loser do you but, think though no, like, gangsters though are kind of a, a male ideal yeah something they would like to be or on a serial, one level a serial killer is like a bloody a, like a great fear for a woman it's like these black yeah. like generally they're, they're certainly not attractive like let's no, be exactly. honest but, but, I, mean, well, I remember been, reading an article saying all men secretly want to be Tony Soprano an old woman probably secretly Well, <laughs> Why would you want to be Tony Soprano? Well, it's a kind of hyper-masculine mm. yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. I, you're looking at me like, oh, he's so stressed all the time. He's yeah. looking over his shoulder. Yeah. He's worried about this, that. And like, yeah, well, most people yeah. are that anyway. Without <laughs> all the <laughs> perks. They do whatever they want. <laughs> whatever they want. Yeah. So you guys want to be gangsters? No, yeah. no, no, no. No, you have to. I suppose you have to. <laughs> you're <laughs> mature past yeah. that, yeah. You have to acknowledge the, the temptations of the world, you know? But look, so, didn't we all no, enjoy the photo shoot? I mean, yes. I wasn't oh, yeah. actually. Yeah. I was the only one there not dressed. But you guys had yeah. a bit of fun. Yeah. Well, after seeing the old weeks yeah. there now, I'm very... And they look good. Oh, yeah. God. That's the moment that you yeah. can kind of reflect on and think that was my moment of being. It's that kind of thing I know when it gets out there, people will be looking at it like, who does McGann think he is? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, it, It's cool enough to kind of circumvent me, yeah. my insecurity. They there. are, yeah. So, yes, and I think that men love all these movies. Now, I mean, I sort of, I don't know what's wrong with me because mm. I do love the likes of Goodfellas, Usual Suspects, Godfather... One, two, three is okay. I seem to be alone on that. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Thanks. Because I've been annihilated by the lads in the office by suggesting that. Um, But your movie, Niall. Yeah. City of God. And I I think I did see this years ago and I obviously cast it out of my mind, but I don't remember the bloody chicken scene. (laughs) Do you remember at the beginning? I turned it on the other night and I was actually had to get up and walk away. I was going, oh, the poor chicken. And I don't even like chicken. Chickens. Yeah. Um, you know, alive because they peck at you and everything. But this poor booker was there watching his mates getting cooked, getting the, the you know, getting like absolutely savage, tortured essentially. Yeah. And he was tied to a little sort of pole by his little ankle, his little tiny skinny ankle. And he eventually got away and he ran off and they all the human, big human beings ran after him. Yeah. Yeah. There was also about 60 people. Killed. I was going to say, <laughs> Just, just, to, just to bring that I in. Say, but, yeah. <laughs> but including yeah. a couple of young children. Yeah. But, poor chicken, yeah. yeah. It's like, do, do you have, never killed a dog in a film. It's like, or the chicken. Just kill whoever, again, yeah. nuke a whole country of people. I just felt sorry for it. Yeah, that's okay. And the human. That's okay. It's good to see. It's good to see. I don't like seeing animals. I don't like seeing humans tortured or anything. <laughs> no, she does have excessive sympathy for dogs oh, okay. in, in, in stories, you know. <laughs> anyway, so that's just my. But you didn't like it. No, I, well, I. It's not that I didn't like it. I just there was the chicken bit, and I got over yeah. that. And then, yeah, the story is is incredibly interesting. Yeah, my level, but it is just it's so dark. Well, it is dark. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Like, there's it's no light in it at all. Well, I do. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's like I, you know, obviously there is a couple of characters that are light in there. Yeah, like the main sort of protagonist, Rocket. Yeah. Uh, the names he, are good. Yeah, yeah. We, we'd have liked them in the Sunday world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, it, but actually, that's one of the really interesting things about it. Like, although it's set uh, half the world away, um. 
you know, there are sort of similar parallels to the history of criminality in Ireland, you know, because mm. it does start off in the 1960s. You see people being pushed out of Rio de Janeiro into kind of these suburban estates, you know, government buildings, government built housing estates. It's for those who had been displaced by flooding and stuff yeah. were all moved in. Yeah, but the... I think it was a general move out of yeah. Rio de Janeiro, which of course happened, was the birth of criminality really in Dublin, where people were pushed out into to yeah. these estates with little resources, little, you know, nothing going on. And, and that in the 1960s as well. And that that's when that starts. And then you see the rise of, of drug culture, you know, um, first armed robberies and then the rise of drug culture and how that that's, you know, sped up the level of criminality. You know, I thought that was all really, really good. But I don't know if it has no... Uh, redemptive moments in that like the main protagonist he he you know he's he's living in in that slum area of favela or whatever it's called and he ends up getting out and becoming a professional journalist actually so that's even worse no and you know that's obviously it's based on yeah a, a book written by somebody who did come out of that and 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 come that way so I don't know if it is without redemption but it's undoubtedly really really grim yeah. and it was from a time in Brazil like which I think is not as bad now mm. where there was there was you know absolutely no go areas where there was incredible levels of violence I think there's other It's a tough watch I think more so than some of the other movies because the other movies just feel like kick back open the popcorn and yeah, I know, I know, I do tough. understand. Is it the glamour is in the others? Yeah, yeah exactly. Where like this, yeah. You, don't get to that, yeah. you don't get to see the benefits yeah. straight yeah. up. You know? That's probably what I mean more by but, the, sort of but, the darkness of it. And it's just, it's a little bit of a tougher watch than some of the others. I do think, though, if you remember the, the character Benny, like who's kind of the, the second gangster, like that's a real redemptive story in him, even though he does end up getting killed, you know, where you just see, you know, it's it's not the, the real blunt, psychopathic, Criminals, you see another person who, in another other circumstances, would have been a could have been a great person, a great leader, a great whatever. Mm. And I thought that that was you know really really powerful. I thought you know that his his attempt to move away, he meets other people, he starts talking about peace and love and becoming a hippie. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that bit actually. I thought that was there was redemption for some of the characters. And there's another bit as well where the guy Rocket and he's thinking of mm. going into becoming a criminal. Um, and he he goes to stick up a few people and he keeps just chatting to people and says, ah, no, I won't rob him because he's really sound. <laughs> and another guy plans to hijack a car and your man rolls a joint and they smoke. Ah, no, I couldn't hijack him. <laughs> so I really like that bits of it, like that it wasn't just, like it's not just a, a grim telling of, of, of you know, life in, in, in a very violent area. I thought it, there was other bits to it, you know. But the... One bit, which yeah. maybe mightn't have been the most obvious, but I did write it down with a big, big question yeah. mark after it for you. What's with all the redheads? The redheads, yeah, but that's, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's like... The, Do you remember actually, that bit? Because you haven't watched it for a while. There's just guys with, like... Red hair. Red hair and... But that's, see, that skin. shows you the, the interesting, like, ethnic mix, of course, of Brazil, which yeah. is, like, of all the countries is, um, you know... the. But that has to be like an either an Irish or Scottish heritage well, I mean, because there is no other place in the world, I think, with red hair. Yeah, but there was huge, I mean, there's huge populations of Irish in Argentina and Brazil mm-hmm. and Welsh as well. I mean, there's still oh. areas of people speaking Welsh in certain parts of South, he owes South America. He bizarre facts. And then, the of course, <laughs> it's a joke for a podcast. Yeah, it? Like, and then there was a mix, of course, of, you know, the, the vast bulk of the, the slaves brought in from Africa were brought to Brazil 
more so than even the the US, you oh, know. Really? So there was, you know, an incredible mix of of mm. ethnicities in 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 those places, you know, in that country. So yeah, like I thought, I it wasn't was, expecting such an academic answer to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no end to my talents. Yeah. That's good. That's, that was yeah. impressive, isn't it? Anyway, he wasn't even prepared for that. I thought that was the one that was going to no, completely no, flow no. through the redhead. He was going to go, what? I didn't know. I mean, that. there was. I mean, there's some Irish names in, for example, the Argentinian military and all that. Like you'll see those Irish names. Yeah. Okay, that's enough. Yeah, it's okay. I, I, can, I can keep going. I can keep going. The professor here. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, like I thought it was great. I actually liked the journalism bit as well. Like you know, where where you is, know, you is see it based on him? Is it his? It's based on him. I think it's yeah. quite loosely based. But there mm-hmm. is like you, if you see at the end of the film, they actually have one of, an interview with one of the the guys that the thing is based on an actual interview on TV. So you see, obviously, in, in it starts at the beginning when he talks about there's a photographer in there's been yeah. a murder and the yeah. photographer's right up close to the body, yeah. and all the kids are like obviously looking yeah. at this dead body on the street in the dust, and he's looking at the camera, mm. and he's just like, oh, yeah. I want that. But I there's a great yeah, camera. there's some great bits there as well where the uh, the, the the main gang boss little little Z. Um, he's reading the, they can't read he can't read but he's looking at the newspaper and he's really pissed off his picture isn't in it you know because oh. the rivals are in it That's and cool. you know eventually the, the the main guy Rocket takes his picture and puts it in the paper and he's delighted with himself look at <laughs> <Yeah>. me there <laughs> And I thought that was good because you see, see these are the other, yeah, because that's why, you know, you you see those parallels with with Ireland as well, where obviously there's many people who don't want to be in papers like the Sunday world, but there are some that do, do you know, and that's just the reality of it. I'm sure if you're like, all right, good for your rep, I suppose. Yeah, and that is, and maybe that's your object, like there is a hyper-masculine world Mm -hmm. in that film where machismo or whatever you want to call that's what's driving a lot of the crime because there's not they're not making millions and flying in private jets mm-hmm. to Las Vegas so mm-hmm. the money is actually quite small but it's really just about dominating the other people you know and so yeah. that is the reality but I do think that that is the reality and maybe in gangland in this country as well where some of these people you know there's obviously a, an elite that are making a huge amount of money but a lot of them are just doing it for reputation and being being a big a big shot in the local area you know so i like that like you know i think i thought it was i like it um that film obviously um where did that film come from, Mitchie? Because you were very quick to pick it. Well, it came out of nowhere. You see, that's that's one of the other things. But you obviously watched it at some I point watched, and it made a real impact. Yeah, I, I watched it at the time. I mean, I think it was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, it was yeah. huge. I remember, well, I was yeah. in school at the time, I remember it was on my... Watched in school as well. Yeah, it, it was, was huge. Like it was, yeah, I mean, I think it was, it's one of them, those films that, that uh, sort of helped foreign language films break through you know it was one of the first mainstream yeah. successes that came from another country and it came at a time I think where they you know maybe there was it was more possible to make films that look brilliant mm-hmm. with lo- slightly lower budgets mm-hmm. and it really I think that it became an important film in that way not just because of its the subject matter and it's but because of its success in in sort of and then of course there's been a load of other foreign language gangster films and you know gangster series that have really broke through so yeah um, Lahan is it the the French one and then obviously the what's the Italian one quite a few Spanish ones as well yeah so that was kind of the start of that sort Mm. of genre you know what I mean so it's a good film it's a good film you liked it it. so tell me about you what are you doing next coming up into December 
into December. Well, on the 3rd of December, myself and Shane Daniel Byrne are hosting a Christmas comedy night in the in Liberty Hall. Um, I, the, I presume when this goes out, either something's gone very wrong or tickets are on sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then a couple of days later on Wednesday, the 7th of December, uh, myself, Shane Daniel Byrne and a few other people, including Emma Dorn, uh, will be in um, Shorter Club doing the Bjorn de Change Christmas Song Contest where a load of comedians will have gone off written a Christmas ballad and perform it live uh, and that will be good fun. So, and did you always want to, do you love stage? I do, I do. I love stage, all the rest of you. Yeah, and uh, actually... Because you do a lot of stuff. I do, oh yeah, too you much. You do writing, you do theatre, t- production? Bit of comedy. Uh, no, I don't really produce or anything like no. that, but I would, I everything else really. I actually, myself and my co-writer John Morton we wrote a play that's gone in the gangster genre there that went on before COVID there in, in Smock Alley it was the Roaring Banshees but it was set in Chicago in the 1920s so like the, the gangster thing is just like that's all I, I love it I, as yeah. a genre like it's I'm it's like I've literally now worked in it and that's been developed on further hopefully and made into a series, we, who knows, but that's kind of, it's something I'm kind of steeped in always, so I, I do love it, I have to say. It's probably slightly easier to bring this stuff that's happened and over and done with to the stage as as uh, as an entertainment than the modern day stuff that's out there Yeah, happening. it's more attractive, isn't it? Like yeah. Because obviously you have the little, the gap of time to kind of make it less immediate and then also better gear. Or costumes. <laughs> it, 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 it kind of feels easier to find it entertaining as well. Exactly, it's so yeah, far yeah. away rather than something that is kind yeah. of more current. Yeah, though I think, lo- like you see, Love Hate really was the the biggest series oh, yeah. it produced, isn't it? Like the most yeah. cultural impact. Oh, but, like, or yeah, like, you know it, what I mean? It, without question. That was, like, I, I, lo- I love that show. I know it doesn't feel like people don't talk about it a whole lot anymore, but I loved it now. Yeah. Well, there's nothing. Well, I mean, Kin came after it. Kin came after it. Just it doesn't seem to have had no. the same impact or something. No, yeah, it's not it was a slicker, higher end kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard to kind of, you know, follow the first thing that is big. Then, mm. kinda, but um, no, yeah, like that in terms of yeah, acting and writing, and that's kind of my main yeah thing. And um, like, what would your biggest fear be to go out on stage if? Uh, what could go wrong? What could be the worst possible thing that could happen to you? The obvious one is not knowing your lines, and that is because it's the obvious for because it will be the single worst thing to ever happen. And has it happened? Uh, it's happened in small ways, like small, like correctable ways. Um, I, I, I did this thing. I do this thing for COVID. I haven't done it since COVID's op- Evans reopened, but I do this thing called pulp injection where. I would write these radio plays, like two radio plays in around half hour, 40 minutes. And they were, each would be performed with like the same 10 actors. It was, we used to do it in the Workman's and it was performed live. I'd be off stage doing the sound effects on the laptop. So it was like very old school kind of, kind of radio play style. And, but I used to be very, I used to be down to the wire writing the scripts. We used to have rehearsals with a play and a half written and I'd rock up on the night in the Workman's hand people scripts that they you know half the script they hadn't even seen before and they'd have to go off and read I was, it was very bad now but uh, I used I had a rec- dream a recurring dream where I was the audience were spilling in 
to come see that and I was backstage typing on the laptop still <laughs> writing the play and the audience were there to see it and I had to, that that you know, that was I think that's my biggest deep fear. deadlines basically yeah. yeah they're the best and the worst thing for me yeah yeah but you've quite a lot to like remember when you go out on stage if you're yeah. trying to because you, you know it's a long time an hour or whatever yeah. your, your, the length of your show it is to remember yeah like the, it's just rehearsal or if it's comedy you're, you've gone out in the clubs and you've kind of you drill bits to over and over again. Yeah. Like, I, like, yeah, it's, it's insane. It is just literally drilling. It. I, like, I don't know, do it. Like some people have other, other ways of doing it, but I, for me, it's like, if it's a big long block of m one monologue, a bit of thought, it's like breaking it down to segments, running it, you know, it's like very simple, Mm -hmm. dull ways of kind of drilling and is it trial and error where you try something in one night and it works and you keep that or definitely yeah, no, yeah it's it's oh yeah it's it's uh there's a lot of that and like and you can't and there's also you can't fall in the trap of if it doesn't work one night you cut it then because it could be perfectly fine and then you could kind of bring it back and a different audience would like it mm -hmm. just exactly just yeah. an audience didn't or you need to kind of move bits around tweak it a bit or fall in the trap as well of like you go out and you have it so by rote, you don't leave it any room to kind of have a bit of crack with it because then it just becomes stale like that, you know. But uh, I know it's good now. And there's a lot of work in it. There's a lot of movement in that whole business and there's a lot of shows on. And mm -hmm. Now there is. There wasn't for a while, but now it's back yeah. to... Yeah, it was really tough on people, I think, during COVID, was it? Because, I mean, people yeah. rely on... Like I was doing a lot of the internet stuff and that that, that was grumble. Like, I, yeah, if and I've got a day job as well and all the rest of it, like... If it's your kind of if touring or clubs is your main source of income, it's a bit of a bit of a bummer now. But it's sort of like people who did take to social media. I mean, it sort of made them as well, didn't it? Some of them. Oh yeah, like people are literally selling out. Yeah, like Vicker Street and Liberty Hall, like big venues. To be honest, if you want to look at the two Johnnies, those lads, they've sold out three arena. The yeah, three arena I know, off I know. internet, you know, like it's like off the, the podcast, off the podcast, like, mm -hmm. like yeah. they aren't, people aren't coming because they hear them on two of them. Like it's that's the, you that's know it's, the gas thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a hall. It's a it's crazy. Like it's crazy. So you'll be selling a tree arena with this podcast now. Oh, jeepers. It's the irreverence of the podcast, though, yeah. isn't it? That you it's don't get it if you're on I love radio. It. And I mean, in a way, even despite the the. the the topics that we do, like yeah. crime, like if you're on radio talking about crime, it's almost scripted. You're very stiff yeah. and, you know, you're just telling what the way it is. And obviously there's this constant fear that you're either going to, you know, say something that would cause a problem legally yeah. or that you will, you know, hurt somebody's feelings because you're talking about, you know, a lot of murder victims and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas on the podcast, you just have a little bit more time to sort of... Um, Give like, a context, I think, isn't it? Yeah. As well, like, you know? and it's that's the subject. The subject of the podcast is what you're talking about, as opposed to like here's a segment that people are tuning into and they might not want to hear, it, so they might take, you know. A bit and of sometimes you're able to kind of like go back and sort of nearly apologize for. I didn't mean to say it yeah, like that yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. Just, I think you can put a broader context than mm -hmm. yeah. than you could in three minutes. You know, mm -hmm. um, for a news story, like yeah, do you, yeah, do you still have to get legal. Oh, listening yeah. back to everything oh like, yes a yes yes we get a couple of raps on the knuckles every yeah. now and then when <laughs> we push the the thing but that's just the nature of it you know um but like it seems to be it seems to be something that people are interested in i hope that they will also like the movie club because this is a kind of a new thing um just to see just to put it out there and see will listeners watch these movies along yeah. with us or will we kind of just 
you know, remind them to, you know, to turn on Casino yeah. again. You haven't seen it for a while or you haven't to see what they think of it. So Yeah, I'm going to go home and watch it now, I have to say. Oh, what's yeah. you got? No, I, I, I haven't seen it since I was in school. I was like, I want to go back and watch that. I forgot, like, you're describing bits. So I was like, jeez, oh, I can't even remember that. Like, it'll it's be like a kind of a public film. service we're doing, really, exactly, with this. Because, exactly, You know, and the other thing is, all of the movies are so long. They're all about two and a half hours, I know, they? yeah. So yeah. it's your whole night, so it's... I nearly suggested the doing The Irishman, which is three and a half hours. I, I think I would have been... I didn't I get through that. I, have to be I actually yeah. like that now. I'm one of the I few people. That I really thought it was great because I, I thought it was a total other perspective that it really at the end of his life he oh, just thinks, so "What sad. a waste of time!" Yeah, the yeah. crime was just a waste oh, of time. Everything. Nobody cares if I killed what's the the famous union Huffa. guy or not, Huffa or not. Yeah, yeah. I'm stuck in yeah, it. Oh, folks, I'm brilliant. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I have to say, I now it's not. It's slow, like it's, it's slow, but it's deliberately slow, and it's yeah. Jesus, it's good. If I can actually, never mind Casino, watch the Irish. Yeah, yeah, like right, yeah. we'll, we'll change it. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Peter McGann and Niall Donald, as always, the professor, thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much. My students. <laughs> You've been listening to the Dingle Whiskey Movie Club, only on Crime World. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume the Sunday world if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume the Sunday world responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.